It was a dark and stormy night. No, really, it actually is dark and stormy outside. So imagine you have an enemy, an enemy. They're making your life miserable. You never did anything to this person to hurt them. You're poor, hardworking. You have no real resources, connections, knowledge to really do anything about it. You're lucky to have a job, but if you got fired, you'd never be able to find anything else. So let's say that you're uh, in this situation. And one day your enemy goes too far, does something on purpose, makes you lose your job. You have no source of income, you're going to be homeless, you can't feed your kids. So what do you do? You're so powerless and poor. Well, you hear about an old lady who lives out in the swamps who might be able to help. So you go see her, she agrees to get back at your enemy for a small price. You scrounge up the money, she makes a vial of some herbal paste and says to place it in his food. Well, you do so, and a week later, the enemy dies and you get your job back. You're frankly not sure how to feel. Welcome to Hoodoo. Hoodoo Voodoo? You do Voodoo. Okay. I'm your host, Matthew Miller, expert in all things monster, paranormal, and scary. I'm a writer, a horror writer from the swamps down here in Louisiana, the haunted swamps, and I welcome you to my frightening world. Please do check out my books. Uh, what I have up now on Amazon is the Gravedigger series, volumes one through three, and volume four, I promise, is almost ready. The Gravediggers are a failing punk rock band who uh, run into all sorts of supernatural creatures. The first book is called Blood Feud, a Punk Rock a Vampire Story. Blood Feud, a Punk Rock Vampire Story. Available on Amazon, um, on Kindle, in paperback, Kindle Unlimited is free, and now an audiobook. That's right, it's now an audiobook. So uh, check them out. Please read them. It's horror comedy. It's entertaining, super hilarious, and super scary. I think you'll like it. Please like and subscribe, as always, no matter how you're watching this. Hoodoo. Sounds like voodoo, but with an H. Well, hoodoo, you see, is very similar to voodoo in some ways. It's basically a set of spirituality, spiritual things, <laughs> like uh, objects, practices, uh, beliefs, and... Unlike voodoo, hoodoo is very, very loosely organized, if at all. Uh, it's really not, there's no hierarchy, there's not really a pantheon of gods anyway, either. Um, now, there is a distant creator god, like, like you see in, um, you know, in the, the other voodoo religions and many African religions, Western African, where you see a creator god who made the world and stepped back. You cannot access that god except through other minor deities. But in hoodoo... There are no minor deities. There's spirits, there's evil spirits, there's ancestor spirits, but there's not a whole pantheon of gods and goddesses. Uh, hoodoo really comes from so many of the practices of the Bakongo people, who are from Central Africa, and they, of course, were unfortunately brought to the New World as slaves. They, as you can imagine, resented their white you know, owners, I hate to say it that way. Um, so they hid hoodoo from them. They were a little more open about voodoo, uh, but hoodoo they hid because voodoo is an entire religion uh, with a lot of elements to it. Hoodoo is more about practical use, practical work. Um, they do have this idea of the crossroads. In fact, the symbol for hoodoo is this cosmogram, I mean, a drawing of the universe. And um, what it is, it's kind of um, a cross, basically. It's a cross uh, with some other elements. And uh, basically, it separates the living world from the world of the dead. The top is the um, 
the living, the bottom is the dead, are, of course, ancestor spirits. Most African religions believe in ancestor spirits. Okay, so it's a crossroads. You see that voodoo also, remember, has a crossroads where you cross from life into death or good into evil, depending, right? Uh, it arrived with the slaves. Uh, they hit it a lot. And it's interesting, they've discovered things like built into plantation walls, like these, these um, hoodoo sticks that are supposed to curse or hex the people living there, the white people living there. Like when the slaves built the stuff, they built this stuff into it to try to get back at the white people. And again, I don't blame them. I encourage it. <laughs> well, you know, you know how I feel about that. Okay, um, unlike voodoo, which really centralized in Haiti and New Orleans, hoodoo spread uh, throughout the South, the, basically the slave states, right? The Southern states. And influenced people there in many, many, many ways. Um, it's very broad. Hoodoo is a very broad topic. There's no formal pantheon, like I said, no formal hierarchy, no queen of hoodoo like Marie Laveau was queen of voodoo. Uh, practitioners do believe in magic and spirits, like I said. Um, and, uh, yeah. So hoodoo is more about practical use. It's about making things happen through magic herbs, potions, spirits, and objects. Now, you might know of the Gullah people who were uh, uh, descendants of slaves, black people, descendants of slaves in the southern U.S., you know, more, much more broad than New Orleans or Haiti, have their own language, actually, their own Creole language. They are big practitioners of hoodoo. So if you ever talk to a Gullah, you could maybe ask about it. Um, all right, so a spirit that torments the... Okay, there are some evil spirits. Some spirits haunt you, torment you. They're called boo-hags, boo-hags. And uh, the practitioner can conjure these spirits to sometimes to help to cure a disease, but mostly to harm, to get revenge, to kill people even. This is, you know, this is the blackest of black magic. Um, there are also accounts of some of the slaves asking these spirits to help them with things, like finding money or knowing which direction to go and things like that. Um, you could... Um, so there's, a, there's areas that uh, are supposedly haunted too. Not only spirits and evil spirits, but areas of the earth can be haunted, uh, according to hoodoo. Mm, you can have, there's methods of protection. There's like a little um, like velvet or um, just cloth bags that you can wear around the neck filled with different herbs and stuff. Uh, sometimes salt or charcoal even. And uh, that would protect you against these boo hags. Now another spirit in Gullah culture is the plat eye. I can't, I imagine that plat comes from the French plat meaning flat. Maybe, I could be wrong about that. And then eye, so I'm assuming it, the flat eye. It's a one-eyed ghost um, that can change forms and um, to conjure it, to uh, conjure it to harm your enemies, you basically bury the head of a man who was murdered in a hole and you put treasure in that hole. So if you come across the head of a murdered man, you have some treasure sitting around, you might want to give that a try, or not. Uh, definitely communication with the spirits of the ancestors, like most uh, cultures in and around Africa, mm, especially Western and Central Africa. Ancestor, we see ancestor worship, not so much like the Chinese is pure worship, but more like um, appeasing them, asking them for help. Mm, there are some um, different creatures, different spirits. There are Simbi, which are water spirits that are believed in. And um, uh, basically, they, uh, they reside in bodies of water and uh, are a strong belief in um, South Carolina. All right. 
um, bottle trees. Have you ever driven through the south in the country and, or even in the city and you see someone's yard has a kind of a tree in it, but it's, it's covered with different colored bottles. Like the end of each branch is capped off by a colored bottle. This is from Hoodoo, by the way. Um, basically, they were, uh, this idea, this concept originated in the Congo, and it's supposed to be uh, to drive away evil and to bring good luck. So if you ever see that in a front yard, the person may be a Hoodoo practitioner, but in the South, really, it's become more of a cultural thing, like people who never even heard of Hoodoo might, might do that. Um, also, the way they work is that they trap spirits in the bottle. So the sun hits those multicolored bottles, the spirits say, ooh, beautiful, and then they get trapped in the bottle. Spirits are often not too bright in some of these uh, beliefs. <laughs> if you've heard of haint blue, that comes from hoodoo. It's a color, haint blue, and, uh, and people in the south sometimes, you have the outdoor porch, right? They would paint the roof of the porch in haint blue, and that was supposed to keep spirit, evil spirits out. They would try to enter the house, but they'd look up, and see blue and say, oh, we're still outside, it's the sky, never mind, and leave. So yeah, spirit's not too smart in some of uh, the beliefs. Now, in hoodoo, when you often have to have something from the person you want to curse, called a personal concern, uh, hair, nails clippings, blood, bones, even pee-pee and caca, <laughs> urine and feces. Um, yeah, so these are sometimes used in the spells to curse people. Um, something going on up there in the... Abandoned castle, I hear something. Huh. Uh, like voodoo and santeria, animal sacrifice is, yes, a part of hoodoo. And human sacrifice, they're rumors. <laughs> they're rumors. Uh, not, there's no proof, but they're rumors. But definitely animal sacrifice. Now, let's get to the good stuff, why you're here. So you've looked, we've talked a little bit about history of hoodoo and how it's similar to voodoo and how it's not similar. How it's a lot of, how it's a um, very practical belief. So... I, your faithful host at Fangs and Folklore, for you, risked my life and very soul by traveling into the swamp on a pirogue and dashing and darting around alligators trying to kill me. And um, there were a few ghosts along the way too. And I was able to find a swamp witch who lives in a cabin in the deepest, darkest part of the swamp. You'd never, never find it unless you knew how to get there. Now, this swamp witch happens to practice hoodoo. And for a small price, i.e. a pint of my blood and a tenth of my soul, I, uh, and um, $17.83, I um, got some spells from her. So uh, that's the length I'll go to for you, the audience, right? So what I'm going to do now is just talk about, you know, look at some of these spells and show you what some of them are like, all right? So um, I want to make a quick disclaimer. I... Uh, I neither support nor endorse harming anyone in any way, okay? So uh, please don't go out and, and kill someone and say that fangs and folklore made me do it because I do not believe in that, okay? So first one I'll talk to you about is uh, cursing the body. Coffin nails, nails made for coffins, or nails from a coffin would be even more potent, a buried coffin, but coffin nails and clothing nailed to a tree, okay? This comes from around North Carolina. Um, so get one of your victim's pieces of clothing. Get a piece of clothing from your victim. And the closer to the skin that it was worn, the better. So underwear, I guess, would do the trick. Um, hammer it to a far away sturdy tree with nine coffin nails. Okay, And you want the sun to be able to hit it at some point. So don't do it in a tree that's completely shaded. Um, also do it somewhere where people are not going to take it down. Yeah, okay, so the sunny side of that tree. Okay, so spread out the clothing, uh, make sure the sun hits it, hammer nine nails into the tree 
With each strike of the hammer, scream your victim's name and the curse that you wish. And when you've finished, leave and never return. Okay? Your victim will become weaker and weaker over the months. He'll be nailed down, figuratively speaking, and he'll go crazy. He'll wither away from dehydration and he'll die. Wow. This is indeed black magic. I mean, this is the real deal. Um, Okay, the next one, uh, the thirst. The thirst. Um, Take a large, healthy leaf from a plant or a tree. With a marker, write the person's name and date of birth on that leaf. Put the leaf somewhere where it won't be blown away, where it will, exp- where it will be exposed to the sun, this the unrelenting sun, all day long. As it dehydrates and withers away, so will the person. The person will die of thirst, dehydration, and then will wither away into ashes and crumble and be blown about by the wind. Another one. This has to do with a, um, a graveyard dirt. Right? I see that as an element in a lot of spells. Even in the, you know, I told you when I was in grad school, I, I, my thesis was on, was on the medieval witch trials uh, in your, the medieval um, inquisition. Anyway, I had to read a lot of actual grimoires from people in the, around that time, middle ages, who believed they could practice magic. And you see a lot of graveyard dirt for some reason. Um, all right. To cause an unnatural illness or an injury, write the curse, what you want, on the back of a picture of your enemy, photo these days, and then stab three coffin nails through the picture, um, like maybe in the eyes and the mouth. Now put the photo in a glass jar, add some graveyard dirt and a dead insect. Close the jar up, uh, close the jar up and shake it, and then place it in the hollow of a tree where your target, the person, the victim, passes frequently. Okay, <laughs> well, I guess that's, uh, that's if you want to incapacitate them. All right, here's one that is darkest of dark, blackest of black. If you want someone to, and this is a quote from the person who created this curse or discovered it or what have you. If you desire that someone should suffer, endure torment, be stricken with illness, and then eventually die as a result, curse them in the following manner. Begin this spell on the dark moon on a Saturday. Okay, so it's done outside at a crossroads at night, midnight, or 3 a.m. Midnight is the middle of the night, so it's uh, the time of darkness. 3 a.m. traditionally in Western culture is, has been seen as a, the most evil hour of the, of the day, the night, the witching hour, 3 a.m., because it mocks the Trinity, Father, Son, you know, the Trinity. So um, get a black candle in the shape of a demon, a photograph of your victim, a small one, uh, a dish, and a rusty coffin nail, a handful of pens, and a bottle of war water. War water, I think, is a kind of uh, potion that you can make with the ingredients listed uh, in, the, in the manuscripts, in the grimoires. Okay. Using the coffin nail, carve on the back of the candle the words, You are cursed, you doomed asshole. Okay, asshole, I don't know how ancient of a word that is, but it comes from, this is a spell this person created. Okay, or something else that's hate, hateful, it says, so you don't have to just say that. Take pins, cross them to the enemy's eyes on the photo, the mouth, the heart, any part of the body you want to hurt, and then say, blind and muted, pain be yours, repugnant idiot. Diseases and sexless suffering overtake you. And you don't have to say those exact words, but say something mean and horrible and angry. Right? Light the candle and then laugh triumphantly. Put the candle on top of the photo. After 13 minutes, an unlucky number, right? Uh, pinch the flame out. 
and then leave it there. Now on, oh my goodness, okay, this is a quote, on successive Tuesdays or Saturdays, uh, the days of Mars and Saturn, light the candle for 13 minutes, add a bit more water water, and eventually, uh, and verbally curse her with maladies worsening health. Um, piss into the dish there that the candle's in if you want to intensify the uh, spell, or you can take a dump in it. Also, <laughs> we'll make it stronger. Um, all right, once the candle goes out, yell, victory is mine, only death will be your release. Then you bury all of that in the grave of a disease victim or an insane murderer, and basically that's it. The person is is gone, right? This one actually is supposed to invoke a demon or an evil spirit, a demonic spirit. That's why the candle is in the shape of a demon. That's going to kill your enemy, right? Boy, that you can't get any darker than that, can you? This is, this is black magic, man. Uh, Again, uh, uh, disclaimer, I do not personally practice black magic. I am studying this, you know, academically for the podcast. All right, another one. Mm, this one has to do with, it looks like, um, someone being beaten to death, which is, I imagine, a terribly painful way to go. All right, so, beaten to death. A skull candle, a candle in the shape of a skull, or imagine a real human skull with a candle in it would be even stronger. Uh, so, yeah, you have to prepare it. You have to go through this ritual of, uh, I don't know, doing all this burying the candle and all this other stuff and then boiling water. It's just a, a whole process to get this candle um, prepared or sanctified or, yeah, I don't know, sanctified is the right word there. Um, okay, so wrap the candle in blackberry leaves, then wrap that in a piece of black cloth, uh, tape it up, and with a hammer, beat it severely. Um, for seven days in a row, each time you hit it, yell out your desire for revenge on this person. And this person will be beaten to death. Hmm. And then, boy, well, I was going to say, don't, don't cast any of these on me, but actually there are protections you can take. My studio here in the basement of the um, abandoned castle in the middle of the haunted forest is filled with protections everywhere. You, might, you probably wouldn't even see them if you walked in or notice, but I'm protected here. Don't worry. Okay, um, another one that we can talk about has to do with a cow's tongue. And it says a good long cow's tongue is what you want, okay? Um, this is when you want someone to have a slow, agonizing death. Get a beef tongue, cow tongue, uh, put it down like a dead body, get a brand new knife, and you say, son of a bitch, die, die, while you're stabbing it with the knife. Son of a bitch, die, die, dwindle away, can't stay here, can't stay nowhere until you're dead. Then you cut the tongue in half lengthwise, go to the front gate or the front yard of the person you're cursing, and then build like a, a bury it, and then make like a little tomb over it, like a, a hump of dirt. <laughs> when the tongue rots, this person's going to have a stroke, or just wither away until they die. All right. I don't know how much more black magic I can take, but that's some interesting stuff, huh? And these spells are genuine, by the way. Um, the sources they come from, in all seriousness, are genuine hoodoo practitioners. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know how much more of this I can take. I'm starting to hear noises, actually, in the castle above, and they don't sound too friendly. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, real quickly, though, I, I tried one of the spells, and... Um, it was supposed to be to raise a zombie, and, well, I found a trail of grave dirt leading from a vault in the nearest cemetery to the castle door. Nailed it. 
God, I don't know if that's a good idea. So yeah, I think there's probably a zombie roaming around the castle. I've got to go uh, destroy his brains, put an end to it. I have my faithful uh, 12 gauge that I use for zombies. I'm going to get out of here post haste. So again, thank you for watching and sleep well if you can. Thank <laughs> you.